<laughs> that is good. Because we don't know what we're doing, right? Like none of us, if we're honest, like no, none, of, no, none of you in here, you don't have any clue what you're doing. When you come in, we're just like, do we do this? Are we doing this now? Or are we sitting that way? We don't have any clue, right? Those of you that have been growing up like in the church and all that, you, you can maybe have a different background. You come in and what is this hand raising thing all about? There's those of you who totally know what this is about. Those of you maybe that, that wouldn't even call yourself a Christian, you're just kind of scoping the whole thing out and, and you're here today and um, very much so for you, you're just kind of soaking up the whole deal going, wow, Wow, this is really interesting. I don't know if they're asking a question or uh, if they're, they're doing something. This is a cool little club. Everybody knows what I'm doing, but not, not me. And that, that's just weird. So today we're just going to spend just a few moments talking about worship. And is there some part of it that God uh, really desires from us and, and something maybe that we've overlooked and just kind of what's, what's God really looking for? Um, I believe that the best part of worship is that when you come in here, you get to gain a little bit of Christ that maybe you didn't have when you came in here. Our hope and prayer that is every single time that you come to this place of worship, that as you leave, you would walk out the door having gained a little bit more of Jesus than you had when you came in here, a little bit more understanding about who he is, a little bit clearer picture about his love, a little bit of a fleshed out uh, idea of his character. And so even as we meet here right now, my hope and prayer is that as we worship together, you would gain Christ. That would just be so cool. And I think that the, the bottom line for all of us is that we got to get in here and come together unified to bring glory to that which is most important in all of life, and that is God. And so worship is just a great way for us to do that together. You know what, I, th I think it's cool, especially in this context of worship, is that we're doing it together. Because Romans talks about how our whole lives really are an act of worship. That when you leave here, Monday through Saturday is just as much an opportunity for you to worship God as it is here in this place. But what is unique about this moment right here, what is so special about this moment, is that we're here together. And there's something about all of us coming together on the same page, unified in heart and spirit, that somehow that amplifies, it turns up the volume on the praise and the honor and the glory directed to God. Because there's so many more of us here together. It's like this, if I, if I just stood here right now and I yell out the name Jesus, that's pretty cool. It's loud, it's got some carry to it, but I'm also mic'd up. But do you think it would change the volume just a bit if every single one of you in here at the same time yelled out the name Jesus? I think it would. In fact, let's try it, okay? And at the risk of being youth group, we're gonna count to three. <laughs> and when after three, then I want you at the top of your lungs to yell out the name Jesus, and we'll just see if there's any difference in volume. Are you ready? This is good. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus! Yeah, oh, that, amen. That was like the exclamation point right there on the end. 
You guys, that is just the special thing that as we come in here, the name of Jesus, the renown of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus, everything about him together in the context of worship just gets cranked up as we're here together. A pastor that I respect very much talked about how your heart and your posture in worship amplify the conviction of your heart. That somehow how we respond physically in worship amplifies the conviction of your heart. That's good, isn't it? Because what he's saying is there's something that should be going on inside of your heart. And then when you come into the context of worship, it's really not you trying to think about, should I raise my hand, should I not, should I kneel, should I sit, should I sing louder, or just shut up, what should I do? It's, it's that whatever is going on inside of your heart is gonna be amplified by what your body does. You see this all the time. I went to, I've, I've confessed on many occasions that I am a Hanson fan. Mbop and all, remember the boys that looked like girls several years ago, they would get up and sing. I loved it. And, and several years ago, my youth group surprised me by getting me tickets to a Hanson concert. They were performing at the Hollywood Bowl of all places. And my youth group rented me a limo and about 10 of them went and we showed up. And there were five males at the Hollywood Bowl that day. And three of them were the Hanson brothers on stage. <laughs> And I walked in, I was number four, and number five, believe it or not, I am not making this up, two boxes over Hollywood Bowl Hanson concert was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> he is as weird as you think he is. That, that he was, Umbop came out and he was going for it. To, to his credit, his, he had brought his, his daughter, um, but I'm sure she, he made her go. Um, <laughs> But I was just blown away because we're at Hanson concert and you know, it's Hollywood Bowl, it's kinda cool, it's kinda happening. Uh, they come out and thousands and thousands of people, all girls, erupt into screams. And they hit umbop and wow, girls just fell over, passed out and they're jumping up and down, they're going for it. I'm, wow, this is blowing me away. I'm like, this is incredible. The, 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 what they're showing for Hanson right now is amazing. And I've seen like on video the Michael Jackson live from Budapest performance, and it's the same thing. Michael comes out and it's like halfway through one, and all of a sudden the whole crowd is just f fainting and passing out and jumping up and down and cheering, Michael, Michael, wow. And really, for, for Michael Jackson, for Hanson, where we're gonna go for it off of that, are you kidding me? And then we come into church where we're coming into the presence of the living God and we're like, oh no, thank you, I'll stay seated. Thank you very much, I'm good. Hanson and Michael Jackson are getting people woo-hooing and falling over and we've got the God of the universe that sent his one and only son to die on the cross for you and for me. And that should, should stir something in our hearts and that should overflow outward in our bodies. And, and so it's like when you go to a sports game, and, and I love going, but, but I'm so tired of showing up at Suns games or whatever and, and watching the crowd erupt into hysterics because some guy can go, what, no, woo yeah, did you see that? He did this thing and put it through this thing. That is worth a woo, yeah. 
and Jesus dying on the cross and giving you life now and life forever and direction. And doesn't that kind of demand and elicit a, woo yes, this is good. And that is what worship is for. That's what it should be for. And this amazing God that we've got for us to kind of amplify what's going on in our hearts and express that to him over who he is and what he's done for us. But look, this picture, check this picture out. This is at some sort of sporting event. Look at this. They are totally into, I don't know what, this some gym somewhere, I'm guessing basketball maybe, I have no clue. But look at this dude right in the middle. I mean, he is just, wow, he is totally, gone. the only girl right here next to her, she's not happy. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to pray for the team right now. What is she doing? I don't, I don't know. And this dude right back here, I mean, he's fully into it with that backwards hat on right there. That's, he doesn't know the guy behind him is going to club him over the head in just a second. But I mean, they are so into it. They, I mean, they're going for it. And I'm, all I'm saying is that we have an object of worship that is actually worth getting excited about. We've got an object of worship that really is worthy of our praise and our honor given to him. And shouldn't the worship that happens in this place supersede all other forms of worship that are out there? I believe that it should. Scripture is filled with references to our our posture in worship, how we hold ourselves in the context of of worship. And it's super varied. You open up the book of Psalms and you can find so many amazing references to how people were physically outwardly holding themselves in the context of worship. In Psalms 95, 6, it says that we should kneel down in worship, that we should bow down. First Kings says that we should fall prostrate That's different than prostate. That's a whole other falling down sort of thing. But I mean, you're just flat out on your face before the God of the universe. Psalm 26 says we should stand. Psalm 46 says we should be still. Psalm 33 says that we should shout. Psalm 47, we should clap. Psalm 134, we should lift hands. Psalm 20 says we should lift banners. And Jeremiah says that we should dance. All these amazing outward expressions of worship, these postures of worship. So what should we do? There's a lot of options. How do I pick one? Because be still is a whole lot different than shout. Be still is way different than dance. So what's God really interested in? I, just, I believe that God is interested in, in two postures, and one of them primarily. And the first posture that I believe that God is really concerned with is the posture of your heart, your heart's posture, what your heart is doing. Really, ultimately, that is what he is concerned with. If you have your Bibles, open up to uh, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah is almost dead center in your Bible if you're not real familiar. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screens. 
Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. Amazing passage about God's concern over your heart's posture. It says, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. May it never be said of any of us that we would come into this context of worship and that we would worship him simply with our mouths, simply with our lips and not with our hearts. This is such a foundational passage that in Matthew, Jesus quotes this passage from Isaiah. He's talking to the Pharisees, these ultra-religious, more concerned about rules than relationship, religious people. And as, as he's addressing them, he quotes this passage in Isaiah and says, you're just worshiping me with your mouths and your lips, but your hearts are totally far from me. In other words, even Jesus himself was just saying, I'm more concerned ultimately about how your heart is worshiping. And the bottom line of that is God's just going, I want your heart to be fired up about me. I want your heart to be as excited about who I am and what I'm doing in you and the lives of people around you as you would have your heart get excited about a ball going through a hoop or about some other performer that you saw. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm hoping for. And then here's the other thing. God is the only one that can judge the full intentions and motivations of your heart. And that's only him that matters. So you can't really look around and judge someone else's heart in this room based on the fact that whether they're raising hands up or they're seated or they're singing or they're not singing. That's not your job. It's only God's job to judge the hearts of other people. And so when you come into this place, some of you come in here and your hearts are ready to go. They are fully aware of who God is and what he's doing. And it's a pretty easy thing for your body to respond accordingly because your heart's already there. But then sometimes you come in and you just don't feel like singing. These words pop up on the screen and you've just had a miserable, miserable week. You've had such a hard, hard week and we're singing songs about how great God is and you just don't feel that. In those moments, the posture of your heart can still be right, even if it's so difficult for you to sing. In those moments, you wouldn't even have to sing a single, single word but just begin to, to have this dialogue with God in that context of worship going, you know what, you know what my week has been like and I don't even know that I believe what these words are saying about you right now, but I want to. I don't even know if this is really where I'm at right now, but I wish that I was there. If that's where your heart's at, a word doesn't have to come out of your mouth and the posture of your heart is right and you are worshiping God fully as he intended. Sometimes you come in here and you flat out just don't want to sing these songs because you know that they're true, but you're angry, you're upset, frustrated, hurt. And there's this amazing thing about worship though sometimes, that sometimes you just need to 
be obedient and start to sing so that you will feel like it. Sometimes your heart does catch up to what your brain needs to be doing. Others of you can come in here and, and you're, you're just kind of going, wow, I, I'm, I'm really new to all this. And uh, I don't really know what, what God wants. You just need to know that he just wants your heart. And then that's gonna played out in a bunch of different ways, probably as many ways as there are people in this room. If the heart's in the right place, then for some people that's gonna be, man, I just need to shut my mouth right now and kneel down. And some people in here are gonna have to stand up and just go like crazy. And then I believe that there is a responsibility that our worship leaders have that as they have been dialoguing with God, their job really is to lead us into the presence of God. And I believe they are leaders. And that as they are responding to what God's doing in their life, maybe God's speaking to them about something that, that we need. And so sometimes I think just following in simple obedience to what our leaders are calling us to do in this context is valuable. And that's a good place for our hearts to be. But ultimately, th this is the bottom line for us. Ultimately, I believe that, that whatever you can do to worship freely and truly, that's what God's desiring. If you can say, I am worshiping in complete freedom and I'm worshiping completely true to what God has called me to, and that's end of story, that's all that God's desiring. And so if that is sing loud and scream loud, or it's stay quiet, or it's stand or raise hands. It's the posture of your heart that is most important. I grew up in a, in a church where we didn't do the hand raising thing at all. It was a, it was a Baptist church with the pews and, and the average age was like 95 or older. And it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. The most amazing people on the planet in, in this church. I mean, seriously. Um, amens coming back during the message the whole time. Uh, they're just fantastic people, loved me, loved students, amazing group of people, and they had these wonderful hymns that they would sing, but we're not raising our hands to a hymn. That was, that was not happening in, in, that, in that church, in that context. Every once in a while, if stuff got real, real wacky, they would stand up. And then you knew the spirit was moving if they would reach out and grab somebody's hand next to them. Woo! Hang on, we're going. This is crazy. <laughs> Revival is about to break out. And this is good. I was watching, somebody else was saying that in their church, they, they would just go for it um, when they got crazy too. And every once in a while, they'd have the hands held across the aisles. Ooh. <laughs> and then if they really went for it, spirit of God showed up big time holding hands together, they'd raise the hands up. Any of you come from that? Do you have that in your background? Cool, one of you, thanks. And <laughs> it was crazy. But they would say that, wow, up here, totally fine, hands together, up here, this is good, this is happening, this is good. But the moment that you let go, whoa, then deacons are coming out with rifles and shooting you down. <laughs> the elder security team rushes you, whoa, no, that's bad. This is okay, this, not okay, this, this is fine, don't do this, okay? And it was just a whole different scene. But their hearts were in the right place. I've told you times before that I, I never did uh, raise my hands until I started coming to this church. I'm 33 now, I was like 30, 31 when we got here. And uh, I was sitting in church one day and Brian 
where's Zell? Silly Brian. Makes me do that, lift my hands and spin around Marvelous Light song in church, okay? And I'm going, dude, come on. Are you kidding me? Silly, silly Brian. I, you don't know my heart. My heart inside is full on. Ventricles are spinning and we're doing the dance inside here. Just all sorts of arteries are shaking around and that's good. But you can't judge me, man. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not doing that spin around thing. And then he did it the second week. And I was like, oh, are you serious? Come on. And then he did the third and fourth and fifth week. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do it so you'll stop making us do this. And as soon as I did it, something in my heart changed. I realized that this hadn't been some sort of, ah, I'm, I'm okay in my heart. My heart did have something to wrap itself around first. And as soon as I let go in this kind of undignified manner, I realized that my heart was related to my outward posture. And I believe so for all of us in here. That the posture of your heart is primarily what God's concerned with, but I also believe that the minute that your heart just really truly gets the hugeness of God, the power of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, everything about him, that your, your body just responds accordingly. You're not thinking about what you're doing or when you're doing. It's just like when somebody that you saw in a performance or a sports game did something amazing and you just, you couldn't, you weren't thinking, it just erupted, that your outward posture is gonna change as well. There was some of this heart stuff going on in my youth group up in Lake Arrowhead in California. And several years ago, there was, there was a night where some amazing stuff began to happen in the lives of our students. And these students were, were just really grappling in their hearts, I believe, with who God is and what he had been doing. And their response to God in that moment, their outward posture caught up with their heart posture. And it was amazing to see as some of them hit their knees, some of them raised hands. It, it just broke my heart because they didn't catch that from watching me. They didn't catch it from watching the people in our Sunday church. They just responded out of the overflow of their heart and their outward posture changed. Here's some of the pictures from that. I love this. You got standing, you got bowing down, you got this kid right here going, wow, you're a wacko, I can't believe you're doing that. They were actually brother and sister, and, and he's like, man, sis, you're goofy. That's weird. Look at this next one. You got kids doing all sorts of things. They haven't been instructed. It's just what their heart is telling them to do outwardly. Next. And then on this particular night, we had done some baptisms and some of the students, this, this, so much amazing stuff going on in here and a bunch of the junior high kids had showed up to get baptized at the high school group and the song started and the spirit of God just invaded that place and their hearts began to overflow and the posture of their bodies just responded accordingly and this is what happened. That kills me every single time I see that and that was years ago but they were just so moved by the power of God, their body was just like, I, I'm done. I'm gonna collapse. Outward posture is important. Psalm 28.2 says, Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help. As I lift my hands, 
toward your most holy place. And this is altogether different. You come into the context of worship this way where you're like, I, I don't have anything. I need to gain you. I don't have anything that I can do on my own. I don't have any way to fill what I need inside. So I'm going to reach up and cry out to you for mercy. I'm going to raise these hands up in honor and praise to you, God. I'm going to come in and, and let you wrestle with my heart, even if my heart doesn't feel like it. But I will not... I will not bottle up who you are and what you're doing when, when I get who you are. Because the truth of the matter is that where your heart is, then your body will follow. And that may be in a million different shapes and varieties, but it's huge. And doesn't it make sense that the God that was willing to give his only son for you the God that is willing to just give your eyes something beautiful to look at in your husband or your wife, the God that was willing to just bless you with the mountains and the sky and the clouds, the God that has spared nothing for you or for me, the God that is right here in this very place says, I'm concerned about your heart. And the real worship going on in this room is inside of you. But I believe that as that worship that's going on inside, if you open the door to what God really wants to do inside here, that it's gonna come outward as well. And consider that. As we continue in, in worship here, we're going a little short today so that we can practice this a little bit that what you do in here would just kind of catch your hearts on fire. And I believe that as you go outside of here, you would take that fire and shine like stars in the universe. To that end, may you live. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this this word, this instruction. Thank you that ultimately you are just concerned about our heart in the context of worship. But Father, for, for those of us in here, our hearts are doing awesome and in the right place, thank you for that. For those maybe that are here and their hearts are scuffling today, would you wrestle with them? Would you just ignite their hearts we, we know we can't manufacture that. That's not something we can just do on our own. And so, Father, we desperately need you to fire up our hearts. And may you find our inward and outward posture pleasing to you. That we would celebrate your name and who you are as much as we would celebrate anything else. And God, I, I pray that even today we would celebrate this even more so. God, we know that this is not a concert performance. But God, I'm convinced that this should supersede any concert that we have ever been to. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen.